being cheated on while you're pregnant and then giving birth, when you find all this out, it breaks you so much. But the healing process doesn't just heal one person. It actually heals both of you. the new mamas podcast this podcast was created to help first-time moms everywhere navigate this new stage of life and to talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood i'm your host lena forrestal i'm a working mom by day and a blogger and photographer by mid-afternoon and as a first-time mom myself i'm on this journey with you so new mamas let's do it Let's kick off the episode and get to the good stuff. In this episode, I have the pleasure of inviting Catherine, who has a blog called The Barest of Bad News with a Makeover, to talk about such a great topic, tips for navigating your relationship in the newborn phase. And literally after having just gone through the newborn stage, my son is about, actually he's exactly four months today, I feel like this is a topic that people just don't speak enough about is how your relationship changes the second you have that baby. So I'm going to let Catherine introduce herself. Hey, Lena. Hey, guys. So my name is Catherine. I am the voice behind Barris of Bad News with a Makeover. So a little bit about my blog is that everybody comes to the table with some kind of bad news and that sucks. So (laughs) (laughs) the makeover is what we take away from it. And I feel like no matter how bad a situation is, there's something positive that we gain from it, learn from it and grow from it and we continue to evolve. And so that's kind of what I use my blog for. It's, It's my platform to share the reality of motherhood, wife life, beauty and booty is what it says in there. And so the booty part is really what people have taboo on. It's what goes on behind closed doors with your husband with your partner I just think it's all healthy to bring it to the table and talk about it for me when I needed to talk I saw so many other moms or women or even men who were going through the same thing it's just not talked about so that's what I use my blog for and it was really a sense of therapy for myself and I ended up meeting great people and helping people that's where my blog came from I so love that and tell us a little bit about your baby So I just became a mom of two. I have a daughter, Alessandra. She's 20 months old this month. And then I have a little boy, Leo, who just turned, uh, he'll actually be three months soon. So they're about 16 months apart. I feel like you just like leveled up because now you have two. And I do feel like, I mean, I don't know because I'm not a mama too, but I feel like, okay, the next time I go through this, it will be a little bit better. I'm hoping that I won't be as anxious because I feel like, I don't know, they just, they take care of you so much throughout your pregnancy. And then they give you this little baby and they say, goodbye, good luck, see you later. And they like wave goodbye to you. And you're like, ah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny because they do. And you kind of know what to do with the second one. So this one, it's like, oh, I found this great swaddler, gets him to sleep real fast. 
ass, no breastfeeding issues because he kind of already knew what to do with the first one, but they still do leave you. And so you're stuck in this situation now where you're like, I knew how to handle one, but now we got two. And so while I'm trying to put one to sleep, the other one's crying and it's like, uh uh-oh, well, if that one comes in the room, he's going to wake up. And so, yeah, you're still trying to figure all that out. So it's evolved. So you kind of have a handle on one, but then you're figuring out two. The game just got harder. You got better, but the game also just got harder. You know, speaking about relationships, I feel like one of the things that the nurse told us in the hospital that still sticks with me to today, it was so helpful. She turned to me and she said, your emotions are going to be everywhere these next few weeks. So don't worry if you just burst out crying. And then she turned to my husband, which I thought was so great. And she said, she is going to need a lot of support in the next few weeks. Her emotions are going to be everywhere. Her hormones are going to be crazy. So if she cries, don't panic. It's normal. And I wish that maybe we could have elaborated a little bit on that because that's exactly what happened. I came home and I was a hot, hot mess. And I feel like if anything, like we definitely need these tips for navigating how to like navigate that partnership when you come home. The first thing I'd start off with saying is I know for me and my husband, what we did before the baby came was, you know, I'm input, he's output. So that meant I breastfed, he changes diapers. And so we had this routine that in our heads sounded perfect. It was ideal. And while that did work to some extent, you kind of forget the emotional aspect. While you're figuring out the physical side of everything, you don't realize that there is this emotional mental side that takes place. And so I think it's really important for first time parents in general, not just moms, because it's dads too, to have an emotional and mental game plan. I also think it's so important to have a postpartum team. So one thing I'm huge on is advocating for therapy. My husband and I do have a therapist. We see her together. We see her separate. And that's whether we have an issue or not. Um, So I think having a postpartum team in line is helpful. I did have doulas who did aid in that as well, checking in on you. And also friends and family, if you have. I didn't have too much family around, but I do have close, close friends that I confided in. And if I had to bounce things off, it was good. And my husband had that as well. So I think that support team Team, that village that they talk about you need to raise a family to really also raising a relationship because you need that outside support as well. So I think that's the first key to actually starting to navigate your life as a couple now with children. I love that. I love the way you describe have a team. I, I love that concept because it's true. I feel like that's so relatable. I've always heard that it takes a village, but sometimes you don't always have that village available. No. So having lining up a counselor or even seeing a counselor when you're pregnant, I don't think is the worst idea. And like you said, whether there's a problem or or not, right? I think sometimes people think that you only need a counselor when there's an issue. That's not necessarily true. It's like personal training. Like I I that I love that like idea is like, oh, people just don't they don't blink an eye when you say, Oh, I have a personal trainer. Oh, that's cool, good for you. But the second you say, I have a therapist or I have a counselor or we're we're going to a marriage counselor all of a sudden the connotation changes. And I'm hoping that changes for future generations because it is, it's it's just like a personal trainer, but for your mind and for your mental health. 
I would argue in some ways it's a bit more important than even a personal trainer. Sorry, my mom's a personal trainer. I'm not trying to talk smack on personal training. But what I'm trying <laughs> what I'm trying to say is taking care of your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Oh, it's so important. I think it's I think the whole this whole topic of relationship is such a taboo, especially when you have a child because unfortunately it's it, it's there's this whole notion that it's supposed to be this fairy tale, you know, having a baby is bliss. And it is. I mean, you're so thankful for this little creature that's in your hand, you know. I call them my little crotch goblins, but <laughs> you're so thankful for them, but you don't realize that there is a burden. And nobody wants to say that there yeah. is a full burden that is placed on your relationship and people don't want to talk about it. It is different. And it starts to be different because when you are just boyfriend and girlfriend or in your partnership with somebody, your expectations of each other are so different because now when you step up and there's a ring on your finger and there is you know you are married to this person now your expectations now grow greater there's a higher rank that you hold for one another and you're growing you're growing this family you're growing one another and so now you take it to this next level boom now you have a baby now it's not two it's three and so your needs are now interchanging with this third person who you don't even know <laughs> and you're trying to figure out this little person on top of what does each other need and like you said lena there's this emotional roller coaster that we have and i usually refer to this as a wave i currently am going through a lot of postpartum depression so i do see my therapist probably twice a week on a bad week once a week on a decent week feels like a wave it feels like a really bad wave that just sucks you in and that undertow is so heavy Oof. and you can't get out. It takes a lot of work. That support from your husband is needed. The problem is men don't actually know what that looks like or how to do that. And I think we don't even know what that looks like and how to do it or even to ask for what we need. And so that's where a therapist I feel like is good. Um, that's what we use ours for. But that is really like a big, big issue is the not knowing each other's needs. And so communication is where it comes in and transparency. I don't know how you guys are in your marriage, but we're really big on communicating. So I mean, it could be like my husband bumped into me and I'm like, okay, ew, that was so mean. And you <laughs> didn't even say, excuse me, it hurt my feelings. But it could be something so simple, but it's just being so transparent because if that bump really affected me and I held it in, then later on I'm exploding in some manner or I'm giving a cold shoulder and now he's taken back like, well, what's your problem? <laughs> yep, I can so relate to that. You know, we've gotten a lot better at communication. We did see a mar I mean, this was now years ago, sadly, but we've seen a counselor before and it's something I'd like for us to pick up again. We took a lot of the strategies that we learned that first time around we've been able to apply it as we've gone through the different stages of our marriage right from just being a couple to being married to moving overseas and now having a baby I think this is just a whole new game and I would just love to have someone just to help us even just talk through like okay what's even a third party to say okay what's going on right now for it be able to vocalize what's stressing us out I'm really vocal I'm actually I'm really good at communicating but my husband 
husband does, it is a challenge for him sometimes to open up and truly share stressed about. And I will take his not sharing as he doesn't love me. I'll think that because he's being quiet or because he's not sharing, he must not be, like, I don't think he's stressed. I think, oh gosh, does he not love me? My biggest challenge was coming home from the hospital with Archie. I just didn't, he didn't vocalize as much as I did. So I just had this worry that, oh, he doesn't love us. He doesn't love, does he not love our son? Like, right? Like I was so, I had so much insecurity that I keep, I feel like I keep saying like he doesn't love us. And, and I'm sure that would really hurt for him to hear that I thought that, but it's, it's just my insecurity, right? Like I have, I must have some sort of trauma or insecurity that I'm not lovable, right? And then in turn, like maybe my son isn't lovable, but that's all that's, and that's stuff that a therapist, a professional can help us walk through because it, it is one thing to share with your friends and your family and maybe necessarily you don't really want to share these things with your friends and family because people are people and they're not professionally trained to deal with this and I the other thing I did notice was I do have a lot of really great friends but I just don't have a lot of friends that are in the same life stage that I'm in and it does make a huge difference because there are just things that you don't know you don't know it until you go through it like you don't actually I always thought things were so cliche before I came, became a mom and then I became a mom and I was like oh oh gosh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I did hear this interesting tidbit that one of my friends shared with me. She has a child. Um, she was sharing that, you know, we as women have been getting to know our children for nine months about, right? But the mm-hmm. relationship with their fathers starts the second that they're born. So we as women have nine months ahead of our husbands in this relationship with their children. And I think that's what I was feeling. I felt like I'd already known who Archie was the second he came out. I didn't give my husband enough grace and and time to explore that relationship with him. I guess I just expected him to have the same relationship with Archie that Mm -hmm. I did, but he didn't. Now, four months later, I'm able to look back and say, no wonder he was, you know, a little, he was, he might've been shy with him because they literally just met. Yeah, that definitely goes hand in hand with those expectations. I was saying those expectations change a lot because as a mom, like you said, we carry them for nine months. So we kind of have this intuition with our our babies already. And then it's kind of like, well, why don't you have it, honey? Like, why don't you get it? And those are our expectations. And so that's one of the biggest things is that we don't acknowledge our partners. I'm so guilty of it as well. We don't acknowledge our partners in those moments. In those nine months, they don't get it as much as we do because they're not experiencing it. They do have these other stressors too. And unfortunately in our society, men are taught not to be so expressive and they're not supposed to be as emotional. And I got to be honest, thank God for being a boy mom, because I want my son to know that he is allowed to be as emotional and communicative as he wants to be. um, And he should. So I think that that is one of the biggest issues is that those expectations we hold on our partner, they're not really able to communicate and feel and express because they were never really taught to. In those nine months, we were connecting with our child, but they weren't. And then they have these other stressors. I got this baby coming, you know, financially. What am I going to do? It's another mouth. How do I do this? How do I do that? 
I don't think for the most part they really think about their relationship changing. I do think that they think about sex. You know, <laughs> what is that going to look like now after the baby comes, right? But I don't think they think about that other stuff as well. And then here you have the baby. And like you said, you know, you look back and you're like, okay, well, I was with him and he wasn't. So you have that grace now. I had the same expectation with my husband and it was kind of, ours was a little different because I kind of thought he'd be like this doting dad and like right there with my baby. And it was almost like he was afraid of her. Yes. And he would run away at all costs. You know, what I failed to see was that there was actually this wedge that was already existing between me and my husband um, when we got pregnant. And that was because he felt this shift that he was no longer center of attention. And men need that. Men need to know that they're wanted, that they're loved, and that we are pretty much like they are are everything. And so when a baby comes in the picture, I think that they feel that there is this this separation and now they're not as important. And when the baby comes, it's 10 times worse because I mean, just as a mom, I'm sure you get it too. We have this baby inside of us and everyone's like, oh, Lena, what can I get you? Let me rub your feet. How are you feeling? And then the baby comes and it's like, yeah, Lena, get up and get your own food. I gotta, Let me take care of the baby. And unfortunately, it's the same for men, but it's worse because nobody really pays attention to the husband when the mom's pregnant and now when the baby comes it's even worse because no one paid attention to him in the first place they're just so focused on the baby so there's the wedge that already is starting when a mom is pregnant in your relationship and I know for myself and I can only speak for myself I didn't see it and when I had the baby it got worse and that actually led us into infidelity so my husband had actually cheated on me in this time span because we had lacked communication there was already a wedge that was built between us and sometimes when there's that wedge it seems easier to keep walking away from it rather than patch it up because when you have to patch up something you have to rip apart all the parts that are no longer good and you have to get to the source of it in order to do a correct fix right for us that took a lot more therapy and although we were going to therapy at the time I think it was hard for my husband to really face the reality that he was seeing because like I said men are not supposed to be emotional and that is how he was raised so I think that for us was a good reckoning and I will say this to you a lot of people will look at you and be like if it's exactly what you said if you are not in it it's very easy to judge and I will be honest I did it and I had a friend who was cheated on it's like oh please if I got mm -hmm. cheated on and I had a baby I wouldn't stay and I'd be out okay well guess what Catherine it happened to you and you stayed and you worked on your marriage and I have to be honest sometimes your foundation needs to be broken to build a better one and since that has happened I mean our communication is 10 times better we're very very transparent. The trust, yes, is hard to bring that back. But at the same time, with a second baby now, he understands the postpartum. And there is much more empathy from my husband that he's able to give me and work with me. You brought up so many great points. And thank you. Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> no, no. I, I got chills so many times while you were speaking. Um, Sorry, I threw a lot at you, but it's something I'm so passionate about because it, it's it's the biggest taboo that it's just like, man, if everybody just spoke a little bit about this, preach, you would prepare a husband and a wife or a partner. Any relationship would be so much better prepared for this 
big yes. evolvement you're about to make because you're both evolving. I mean, this is a new life you're bringing in. It, it changes everything and it's for the better. But like I said, sometimes it breaks you down and it helps you build something 10 times better. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story so openly. Oh, yeah. I think it can only, <laughs> it can only help so many other women that have gone through similar things to know that they're not alone. You know, sometimes your friends and family, like, they just don't understand because I I get it, Catherine. Like, exactly. I think before having a baby, if infidelity were to happen in our relationship, it'd be the whole kick him to the curb. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Right? Goodbye. <laughs> right? Who, right? Who does he think he is? But now, honestly, you have a family. You have this... It's not that easy. It's just more complicated. It's not black and white, right? No, and relationships aren't black and white. And it's so sad that as little girls, we're painted that these relationships that we have are supposed to be these fairy tales. Nothing's supposed to be wrong and he's Mr. Perfect, but it's not. And you can't expect it because nobody is perfect. Like there is no perfect man or perfect woman out there. Like everybody comes broken in some way. You heal within each other. Yeah. And so that's what my husband and I do have our own separate baggage, right? Everybody does. Everyone and does. I think within a relationship, when you can be so transparent with one another and you go through something so earth shattering like that, being cheated on while you're pregnant and then giving birth, when you find all this out, it breaks you so much. But the healing process doesn't just heal one person. It actually heals both of you. Mm -hmm. It is true sometimes what they say that tragedy brings people closer together. And for us, because we valued our marriage and we remembered why we got married and why we loved each other, we were able to actually work on our marriage and get to where we are now. And we're nowhere near perfect, please. I mean, we get in arguments. We got an argument yesterday, but it's how you come out of it. You know, we could sit here and harp on, oh, you know, I had this terrible argument with my husband. He's such an you know, and, and we could say all that stuff, but it's what you do afterwards and how the two of you are able to work it out. And so going through being new parents, I think it goes back to communication, being transparent and having that therapist that's there for you or uh, some kind of professional who's able to guide you through these moments. Because like I said, expectations do change. Your perception on things are skewed. Mommy is not okay. Mommy has so many emotions because our hormones are fluctuating back and forth. Daddy is out working and he's stressed. And, you know, we don't give our partners enough appreciation, I guess, if you want to say, because daddy can't say and wake up in the morning and be like, I'd want to go to work today because guess what? He's got to take care of you. He's got to take care of the baby. And it's now a team effort more than ever. But sometimes there can can only be 80% one is giving and 20% that the other one can give that day. And so it's having a stable ground for you guys to come and talk to someone. So having a professional is that common ground. So it's neutral. There's no biases, no nothing like that. And that's healthy. And I will tell you though, I agree. Don't really talk to your friends and your family about your real intimate stuff because unfortunately boundaries are blurred. Yes, totally. And when boundaries are blurred, it only almost gives people the right to say and do what they want and it shouldn't be like that unfortunately it is and we can't change people so my best advice on that is really watch who you're talking to 
Because when you're mad at someone, and we all do it, I've done it, you sit there and you're like, oh, I hate him. He's the worst person. How could he do this? And what you say becomes engraved into somebody's head. But now you're on good terms back again with your husband and you're like, oh, I love him and everything is great. And that person's like, okay, really? Because um, he did X, Y, and Z. So you've moved on and you're healing and that person's still stuck back there. And so I just think it's probably better not to talk to people that are families or friends unless you know that there's someone who can stay neutral and I do have one person like that my cousin who is very good at staying neutral and she doesn't get emotionally involved in it so unless you have someone like that keep it to a professional that is something also that people just don't talk about enough also is is that you know these professionals exist for a reason and like when I was younger I think I made the mistake of trusting everybody with my deepest darkest secrets and everything that I was going through in that moment with my partner became was basically public like I might as well have like blasted it on I might as well have blogged <laughs> about every single second of my life and exactly yeah boundaries are blurred and uh, so we've talked a lot about counselors can you this might sound really silly but like how can someone find a counselor like is is there a website that you know you recommend or like where can someone start so i mean i'll be honest i googled mine no yeah (laughs) but there is um i i think it's psychology today actually does have a way to find them I know a lot of people, so this is the sad part too. The reality is healthcare is not cheap. And so most insurances don't cover therapists. They might cover a small percentage. It's still very expensive. So if you're in the route of trying to see if your healthcare covers it, then you would just check on your, whoever your coverage is with. They usually have a website and you can see if there's a therapist available that they will cover. If not, then like I said, I just went on Google and I think psychology today does have have one as well where they do list them and you just want to see what their specialty is so for us we did couples relationship and she does my therapist does do family as well which we at times do talk about raising our kids because again you and your partner are two different people you were raised two different ways now raising one child trying to do it with the same mentality is very tricky you know having that person too and looking at what they specialize in is super important so that's kind of how we found ours. And of course, you kind of do it like an interview process. Mm-hmm. We found like three, spoke to them over the phone and said like, eh, I didn't really like this one. This one sounds too like structured. And then we found ours who was like perfect. And we've been with her for four years now. So that's oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Finding the right fit is so important. I think if there's any advice I can give any first time moms or new moms out there, anyone that's pregnant, is try to start this process sooner rather than later. Like we mentioned before, there doesn't necessarily need to have a problem or you don't need to be in conflict to find someone because sometimes these offices also have like waiting periods or they don't take new patients. Um, so it's ni- it's better to start the process earlier because also like how Catherine mentioned there's a bit of an interview process you do need to find the right fit I when my husband and I had a counselor it was very very beneficial for us but she wasn't really the best fit and we know that moving forward we we know what we'd be looking for so that is very important so you've been in this process for four years now which is amazing 
What are some ways that you and your husband check in on each other right now? So the biggest thing that we always do is for my husband. So one of the things that I have to say, um, when you said that your husband didn't say to you like um, that he didn't talk much, right? So you took that for yourself as he doesn't love you. The biggest thing that we've learned in therapy is our love languages. And everybody has a different love language. And it's so important to know that before having a baby we did not know ours and so I think once we understood those things my husband and I wrote down a list our needs were for each other um for my husband he loves getting hugs he loves when I make him some coffee his pumpkin spice latte um (laughs) he loves that my husband's very simple with certain things like that like a hug and and I'll be honest with you sex sex is big for him that is a way he knows he is loved so if I'm all over him he feels great he feels like you know my my wife loves me for me it's the hugs it's the kisses it's tell me I'm pretty even when I'm crying and if it's not coming out of my nose just tell me I'm pretty that's super important and then being a parent that now is another component to it where it's like daddy you're doing a great job you know daddy I I see that you know Allie got mad at you because you took her game away from her but you're doing a great job you know and then the same for me where it's you know I've spit up all over me I haven't showered and my husband says you look beautiful you're doing a great job so checking in on one another and knowing what your needs are is knowing your love language what does that person actually need when they walk through the door so I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom Um, blogger content creator so my husband will come home and it's my job to say honey you know how was your day did you eat what can I do for you right now and if he needs a few minutes to himself because he had a hard day he goes upstairs and I still take care of the kids he comes down and then that's when he says how was your day what can I do for you right now and that's how we kind of check in on each other and we'll also at times like you know try and do little gestures for one another so maybe he like needs a little sexy time I try and turn that up for him and you know every now and then I love getting flowers from him so he'll send me flowers or he'll bring home Reese's peanut butter cups which is my like (laughs) weakness so doing little things like that but big on knowing your love languages yeah and I can so relate with so much of what you said and I think my biggest takeaway is it doesn't even have to be like a big gesture right like even just Mm -hmm. a hug or like one of the, my favorite things that my husband does for me is when he brings me coffee and I know that's that's like something so small but if I'm still in bed with Archie and I'm getting up and he brings me a cup of coffee like that to me is like if I imagine it in my head there's like hearts coming out of every like the coffee cup like that's how I imagine it like he took the time make me coffee and that's that was huge for me so maybe that's part part of my my love language I think that's what acts acts of service I think is one of them there's a great book right the five yeah the five I mean, love languages you, yeah and you definitely want to recheck in <laughs> with your love language after you have a baby because it does change mine was I don't want to sound materialistic but yes mine was a little bit materialistic pre-baby um so I liked when my husband bought me stuff 
where it was like little gifts, right? But I liked, I loved the gifts. And then after baby, like you just said, he brought you the cup of coffee. I can't tell you how much I love my husband when he brings me a tall thing of ice cold water <laughs> because I'm breastfeeding two babies right now. So I am so thirsty all the time that it's amazing when he does that. I'm like, oh my God, I love you. Or even heats me up food and feeds me while I'm feeding the kids oh. or gives me a little time out. And he's like, go take a shower, spend as long as you want in there. So your love languages do change after you have kids. So that's something you also want to recheck into because you're the time that you have for yourself and your needs are now just different. I love that. Yes. So mamas, if you're on the couch breastfeeding for long periods of time, like that cluster feeding, that might be a good time to, yeah, right. That's all I had to say. (laughs) But if you're cluster feeding, you know, whip out that five languages, love languages book and give it a read because yeah, I love that's so true. I mean, so much changes when you have a baby, but who your love languages do too. Like that's a, that's, you just blew my mind right now. <laughs> um, oh yeah. <laughs> so there's books too that you can get that we also use as like another little trick you can do. Sometimes you run out of ideas. I mean, so there are books. I wish I could remember the name of the book. If I remember it, I'll tell you. If not, I'll text it to you. But <laughs> there is a book. It is a little spiritual base. It is a little spiritual and religious base. It is a book for you and your partner. And it says every day, it's a daily act of kindness to do towards your partner. And it'll tell you like day one, compliment your partner. Day two, tell your partner your favorite thing about them. Day three, bring home something that you know that they love. So it's like little things that you can do. And there's um, little parts in the book where you can write each other notes. So we used to leave it in our living room on our coffee table. And we used to check back in the book and we'd see like, okay, he feel oh, he filled out that page. I didn't even get to it. I'm so excited. And you'd be really happy about that. So that's something too that you guys can do that kind of brings you back together. I you know why I love that I love that because I feel like it retrains you right it's kind of like Mm -hmm. having that muscle memory of doing something for each other every day and eventually you might not even look at the book you might just kind of do it naturally but yeah I mean your life is just complete chaos when you come home from the hospital and you have this baby that this is yeah an opportunity to reconnect and retrain of how to be a couple again I love that I feel like I could talk to you about this for for hours, honestly. Like this is there, there's so much good stuff. We might have to do a part two with Catherine. Just so. oh, there's so much that you could get into on this. <laughs> I mean, my blog that I have, I'll be writing about intimacy after a baby. That's another huge one. Catherine, I feel like I could talk to you for hours about all this stuff. But if there's one thing that you could share with a new mom today on navigating her relationship after a baby, what would it be? Definitely get that therapist. (laughs) Have a postpartum team. Um, Know what that's going to look like before you actually get into it. So I would say as soon as you know you're pregnant, get a team ready for yourself. So that's not something I would talk to my family about because they it's it's taboo. It, there's a stigma on it. It's unfortunate. Hopefully with our generation, generations coming, that goes away. 
biggest thing is get yourself a postpartum team, get yourself a therapist, get your husband on board, your partner, whoever it is on board with a postpartum team as well. Remind them that it's going to be a, a rocky road for them too. You know, happy wife, happy life. So if she's not happy, you ain't happy. So <laughs> I think it's always around. It's very beneficial. And just as the mom is going through this emotional roller coaster, there's two seats on that ride and your, your partner is definitely on it with you. Whether they're, you know, able to support you or not, they're still experiencing this ride because they come home and they're like, oh my God, she's not happy. She was just happy. How do I fix this? So it's getting you and your partner on board to do therapy, having that postpartum team and really recheck in with your partner to make sure that they're okay. Because just as much as mom, you're not okay. Dad's probably not okay either. It's really being able to be patient with one another and make making sure that you have that time to say, I'm not okay. He can't be okay either. And it gets crazy with a new baby. First time, second time, third time. I don't care what they tell you. It don't get any easier, Lena. <laughs> you might have it figured out with the first one a little bit, but you know, having two kids there, there's new stressors. And so it's, it's constant checking in on your partner. I love that. That's you're making me want to go and give my husband a big old hug. <laughs> not that I don't, <laughs> not that I don't hug him anyway. But you know what I mean. I feel like it. This oh, is yeah. just such a good reminder. This is just such a good reminder to check in on each other that you're not alone in this. Like you have a partner. It's a relationship, right? There's there's mm-hmm. two people, and I love I love your analogy of the roller coaster. There's two seats on this ride. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Do you have any favorite resources or blogs or Instagrammers that you follow on this subject? There's a few that I do have. Um, Love Language Book is one of them. I want to tell you that there's a good movie. It's again, it's what that book is based off of that I told you. And I believe it's called Fireproof. It's, it's a spiritual, religious kind of movie, but it is based on a relationship. And it it's not necessarily after a baby. But it teaches you to understand one another in your relationship, which my husband and I did watch it after we had our first baby. And that was very helpful. Yes, I I love that. Yeah. And I will link all the good stuff that we talk about in the show notes today so that you don't miss it. Catherine, thank you so much for being a guest today. I can already smell the inklings of a part two that we'll do. Um, But where can everyone find you? So you could go on my blog at thebarris.com and you'll see my whole blog there. Like I said, I talk about a lot of different aspects, but this is kind of my passion right here is motherhood and relationships. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram at Catherine underscore Vita underscore Gonzalez. Um, and there you'll see what I look like, my family and our daily life. I love that. I'll include everything in the show notes and I'll include all of Catherine's links so you can find her really easily. Thank you all for joining and catch us next week for the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on the New Mamas Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. Have a friend that would like this podcast? Share the love. Stay in touch. Definitely give us a follow on Instagram at new mamas podcast i'd also love to continue the conversation with you on my personal account so let's be friends slide into my dms at lena forrestal finally 
check out my blog at lenaforisal.com for all things motherhood, homesteading, and recipes that both you and baby will love. Thanks again, and stay tuned for next week's episode.